Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yes. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert, upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm gonna drink bleach. Beat the team you promised me you were gonna be this year! This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching. All right, Aiden, it's time for interview or episode number seven of Birds vs. Boys Hate Week. And we are joined by not one, but two former guests of the show. RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys and BLG from Bleeding Green Nation. Gentlemen, welcome back. It's Hate Week. How are you both? I feel wonderful. Um, it's uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, I love everybody um, that's on this call right now, and um, I just want good things for all people in the world and the universe. Look at that. See, that's that's the type of people we are. BLG. I mean, he had to go first because you know his team's not first in the division standings like the Eagles are, but it's fine. Um, I want to give you guys credit as I did before because uh, I, I kind of feel bad in hindsight because I was like, oh man, RJ and I thought we were so cool inventing a podcast with there's an, an Eagles fan and a Cowboys fan. And you guys were definitely before us. So I just want to make that clear. You guys did it first. In theory, we're a little different because, you know, we do the whole division uh-huh. and like sometimes, you know, we bring on people, as I'm sure from time to time you guys do, um, yeah. from the other teams as well. But uh, but yeah. But yeah, just to be clear, y'all came up with this idea first, but we came up with NFC Beast and NFC Leaks. We have trademarked right. um, those made particular those names. Terms. Uh, yeah. yeah, those yeah. belong to us. You got the little R trademark symbol yes, right. right there. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of, of trademarks, we're going to trademark hate week, but I need to, I want to feel the vibes from you guys. And we'll, we'll start with BLG since you guys are first in the division. What, what's the juice still around this game? Obviously this was a massive game. We all thought the Cowboys kind of didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And now Jalen hurts. Is he playing? Is he not? still a Christmas Eve game. So what are your what are your feelings on the juice and the vibes heading into this game? Certainly doesn't have the juice it would if the Cowboys uh, were able to hold on against the Jags because you know, then that's a really important game where if the Eagles don't beat the Cowboys on Christmas at that point, then they have to win both of their last two games. So, you know, that took a lot of the juice out of it. But, I mean, I still think Eagles fans are, like, super juiced about this game. Uh, it's a chance to get the one seed with two weeks left to go in the regulars. That's huge. That's massive. So... And also, I think there's a little, uh, you know, intrigue level. Gardner Minshew uh, likely starting. I would put the chances of Jalen Hurts playing at probably like, you know, single digits. I don't I don't think it's likely. I think they're saying he might just because, number one, um, that's part of like Jalen Hurts' persona. His brand is like he's tough. You know, he's like yep. you can never count him out. Uh, and there's a gamesmanship angle. And there's also the the angle of uh, I think the team kind of wants to downplay the, the concern of the injury over the long term. So they're going to be like, yep. well, he might be able to play this week. But he, I don't think he will. Fair enough. RJ, how about you from the Cowboys perspective? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, like prior to the Hertz news, um, the, you know, this game already kind of lost all the win from its sales. It, it technically has matter, technically has significance. Um, the Eagles, I think, have a, a more, I, I told Brandon, a more financial interest to play uh, for, obviously, with the one seed and the division, right? The Cowboys can't secure those things or anywhere close to that. Um, I think the Cowboys have more pride to play for coming off of the loss. And so, like, you you, you can measure that however you want. Um, and, and you can assess the risk value of, of maybe losing to Gardner Minshew if it does come down to that, right? Like, it, it's 
it's part of the, what makes this really weird and really wonky. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you know, th this had the the makings of like, okay, Cowboys going to finally you know respond the way they do under Mike McCarthy and, and kind of let everybody know what's up. But um, they are Brandon termed it a no win situation. I wouldn't put it that way, but it, even if they beat the Eagles, I think there will be a lot of like, well, so what? It was the it was the backup. It was Gardner. It's just. Um, it, it's awkward. That, that, I'm, I wouldn't call it juiceless necessarily. I would call it awkward and, and strange in form. Awkward is a good. That's a, you know, I think it's the first time we heard that word used, but I, I, I kind of like that. RJ also yeah. literally called it juiceless for our promo for NFC's. Well, I mean, that was so, the okay, title of the, the episode, word then. but, but okay. I've had time to think on it. Which you came up so. with. Okay, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> but yeah. that's, it was earlier, earlier in the week before we started all these interviews. I was like texting Aiden about that. I was like, I think I've like, he's like, do not. Say that you can't Don't tweet say that, that on say air. Anything about that, <laughs> as I say it on air. Well, my big it's thing, just is, my big thing yeah. is this. And RJ, we talked about in the mixtape this week. It's like we're so overdue for a week one Eagles Cowboys game. It hasn't happened since like early two thousands. Might be like mm -hmm. two thousand two thousand. Might be or two thousand one, two thousand two. Like really early two thousands. It's just crazy. It's like let's get a guaranteed, most likely game that matters. I would yeah. Love that. And they've done they've done week one Cowboys Giants so many right. times. I feel like and we played Cowboys, Washington week Tampa. one a few yep. times. Yeah, yep. it's it's due. Maybe next year because if we play again in the playoffs, I'm sure, and have a trilogy this year, it'd be awesome. Mm. So we we talked about this game. It's kind of juiceless, and you know we're kind of if the Eagles win one more, and the Cowboys are kind of mathematically almost locked into their spot too. So this game might not mean much. Now Kevin's not the most positive. Cowboys fan RJ I feel like you're a more positive guy so Delusional, looking past say, this yeah. game <laughs> interrupting everybody Brandon is I'm, I'm sorry on behalf of my coach like we're supposed to be kind and courteous we're coming to your house and Brandon's just like taking his shoes off and eating your food oh please it's really embarrassing. This, is, this is a shoeless house <laughs> yeah you don't have to take the shoes off at the door so just like looking at the Cowboys right now I know I feel like people are down but at the same time they're still going to be in the playoffs what do they need to do to make a deep playoff run what steps would you like them to take these past next few weeks that would lead you to believe they could make an NFC championship well you know I'm generally really pessimistic I mean at the beginning of this season I I don't know anybody who was harder on the team than I was um and I, I think you know they've been really impressive I, I think that they have I've termed it as earning the benefit of the doubt um, and that's kind of where I'm at with them, right? Like, we, okay, this is the moment to doubt. Like, you you know, you earned this mulligan. I'm willing to, you know, afford you some some length, some leniency. You blew a 17-point lead in Jacksonville. That's tough. But, you know, you had a 17-point lead, right? Like, it's not to say you deserve credit or anything um, like that. But th their biggest issue right now is health. And and some of the, you know, some of that can be addressed over time, right? Leighton Vander Esch can, can get healthy. Micah Parsons can uh, maybe kind of get a little bit more strength back under his legs. You can't get Anthony Brown back. Um, and so you, you just, you've got to kind of survive. That's, that's life in the NFL. That's life in December around Christmas time is you, you have to be able to figure out a way. And they've proven that, right? They went four and one without Dak Prescott. They lost the ultimate player on their team. Um, and so now that's, that's the lone level of interest I really have in this game is how, how do you guard AJ Brown and Devontae Smith? Even with Gardner Minshew, what, what does that look like? I mean, are you, are you going to bench Kelvin Joseph outright? Are you going to rely on the Sean What, you know, is anybody able to step up? But um, it is a really strange, you know, kind of world they're in where, where they can effectively lock up the five. So you said it. If they win on Sunday and they're the favorites, right? You know, if, if things go chalk, if they win and Minnesota beats the Giants, then all Philly has to do is lock everything up and they lock Dallas into the five seed. And so um, that sets up a, an interesting scenario for the Giants and Commanders in week 18, which I know wasn't your question. 
But um, it, it adds to the the weird intrigue that is associated with every single team in this division being good yeah. this particular season. Mm-hmm. Yep. There is, there is a lot of intrigue, even though it's juiceless, as we say. But, RJ, so you mentioned linebacker. You mentioned cornerback. Obviously, two personnel situations where there's an issue. So I want to know what you would do. What are you going to do at linebacker with LVE out? Is Cox your answer? Is Micah switching to linebacker? And what's your plan to fix – the CB2 position, if there is a way to fix that position this <laughs> late. I um, I don't think you can convince Micah not to play, and I don't think you want him to not play for three weeks. But you know what, Micah, if you don't want to rush the passer, Nick Bosa's already kind of taken defensive player of the year. Maybe you do drop back these next three weeks. Maybe you do help kind of shore things up and, and kind of give everybody else a bit of a boost. Um, I don't know that that's like a full-time answer, but I think it's probably the, the best one right now, this week, today. Um, it, it, so that, that would be my approach because I love Anthony Barr. He's, he's been solid for the Cowboys, but he just can't hang on. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. just kind of what this, this is about. Um, as far as CB2, I mean, they don't have an option, right? Like, okay, cool. Kendall, they signed Kendall Sheffield a month ago. Like that's really going to save everything. Trayvon Mullins is going to save everything. You, you just have to, everybody, I love Dan Quinn but everybody thinks he walks on water and he's perfect and he's infallible. Okay, Dan Quinn, you built the Legion of Boom. You're this great defensive coordinator. You you were part of the staff that oversaw the drafting of Kelvin Joseph in the second round and Deshaun Wright in the third round. Now's the time. Like, th- this is what yep. you asked for. So execute. This falls on Dan Quinn. And I, I, a second note to that, what are your thoughts? Because I know mine. I want to keep him inside. Some people want to move Deron Bland outside to that spot. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I would like to leave Duran inside. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to be a successful rookie corner in the NFL, and he's found a, a niche that, that he can do that at. So, I mean, I, I don't want to risk that, um, you know, for the purposes of saving what's going on outside. I don't want to create another problem by trying to solve one. Couldn't agree yeah, more. Yeah, it's like a classic whack-a-mole situation there. Let's flip over to the Eagles a little bit. Uh, BLG, last week, I think the game plan featured about 184 deep shots in 20 degrees and wind. Do you think the coaching staff this week says to themselves, all right, we are overly aggressive. Our quarterback got hurt. We're playing with our backup. Let's rein it in. Or do you think they say, nope, full steam ahead against a defense that just gave up 500 yards? Yeah, I think it's full. I think it's the latter. I think it's full steam ahead. I mean, I don't know um, what vertical shots with Gardner Minshew look like the way, the way I do with Dylan Hurts. Um, certainly that's not like necessarily a strength of Gardner's, I would say, his arm strength and everything. Um, but they're getting Dallas Goddard back. That's huge. Dallas Goddard had one of the best games and second highest yardage total. His only multi-touchdown game of his career with Minshew last year when Minshew had to play against the Jets. And obviously the Jets have a very bad defense, or at least did back then. Um, so that's part of it. Um, but Minshew looked good, and that connection to Goddard seemed like a real thing. And, I mean, you, you just you guys talked about the cornerback issues for Dallas. I think that's arguably the biggest mismatch in this game. And, and so atypical of previous Eagles Cowboys matchups for years mm-hmm. where you like you go you look at the Eagles wide receivers and you're like oh wow there's a, we have the advantage here and you yep. flip it around on the other side of the ball and you're like Darius Slay and James Bradbury yeah I like our chances against the Cowboys wide receivers CD's still good but as the totality of it you'll take the Eagles group um so yeah I, I think it's going to be a game where with Dallas struggling that much as they are with that second quarterback spot I mean Devontae just you know had a huge game AJ Brown had a, just target them all game long and make yeah. honestly to make the Cowboys prove they can stop it. Yep. Yeah. I get flashbacks to that game where Rasul Douglas was hanging on for dear life, covering Amari Cooper and that overtime win for the Cowboys. <laughs> Hopefully we can flip the script this time around. Cause that, that game will live in for me for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> so RJ, what do you think 
How do you think they handle the offensive line this week? Do you think it's the same sort of rotation like it was at, at right tackle, or do you think they're going to kind of try to lock in? Because, they, I mean, they did. They moved the ball better when Tyron Smith was in there. Yeah, I mean, again, they lost, and so that, that kind of ruined it. But, um, like, the, the goal seemed to be, all right, let's let's use Jacksonville as some sort of, like, warm-up, ramp-up period because the Philly game is, is, you know, call it important, consequential, measuring stick, whatever. It's no disrespect to the Jaguars, but it, it, the Philly game is a much bigger deal to the Cowboys. And that's not to say they were looking ahead, but it's just the, the math of it all. Um, so, yeah, I think that they're committed to the cause. They have three weeks to kind of – probably two weeks if, if things do go kind of the, the way we all think, right? I mean, I don't know that you would even play Tyron in a, in a week 18 game no. um, that, that is meaningless at Washington. So you have two weeks to, to really effectively kind of make sure this is what you want. Um, may, maybe, you know, Jason Peters plays a bit. Obviously, the Cowboys are going to blow the Eagles out. So maybe some like garbage time situation with Cooper Rush in the game. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's th- this is your offensive line with Tyron at right tackle. It's a weird world. Uh, but yep. it's the one that we live in nonetheless. It is a weird world. It's also it's also sort of a, a weird world with this game being on Christmas Eve. So question for both of you, BLG, I'll start with you. How how do you guys how are you watching this game, Christmas Eve? Family around? Is it just on in the background? Are you completely locked in? I mean, like how are we doing this? Yeah, so uh, I'll be at my parents' house, you know, visiting the family and having a good time and probably just in my old childhood bedroom <laughs> and just watching the TV <laughs> locked in. And yeah, you know, um, it's at what 4:25 Eastern, yep. so probably try to get a, either a really early dinner or late lunch going on. So I'm uh, I'm good for the game, and yeah, I mean, I'm excited, I'm pumped. It, yeah. may, it might be juiceless for some, but I'm I'm really looking forward to this game. It it is still hate week, right? It's still Cowboys Eagles. There's still a lot on the line, so I I agree. RJ, how are you watching this game? How are you going to be locked uh, in? So um, I'll be at home, obviously, and um, you know, be set up here in the office for our post game show. That's just kind of my normal routine. Uh, but yeah, just kind of enjoying it with the family. Um, I told you guys last time, my wife and I, we have a one year old, um, and he was born the night before Thanksgiving last year. But he spent the first two months of his life in the NICU. So we yep. spent Christmas, um, you know, in, in the NICU at the hospital, and so uh, very different experience. And so we're really excited to kind of open gifts with him and, and do all the kind of conventional classic things, and really thankful for that opportunity. So. Um, it, it sucks that the game is juiceless, but in a weird way, it provides a little bit, you know, more of an opportunity to focus on on that and, and what you know we're excited is his first Christmas at home. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's for awesome. me for sure because I have a ten month old and I'm married to an Eagles fan and I'm going to be at her parents' house who are all Eagles fans. So it's like, <laughs> all right, do we have to? Is this really my my daughter's first Christmas here? Is surrounded by you people, but yeah, you know, it's the life I chose, I guess. Just enjoy the quality time that we get with family, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sure. All right. Question for you guys, just looking ahead beyond this game. So if everything holds, we'll probably be the one seed. Cowboys probably the five seed. And if everything goes chalk in the wild card round, we're looking at a, a trilogy. We'll play each other again for a third time. Looking at the other wild card teams, who do you think is most likely to ruin that situation and pull an upset on wild card weekend? I think. I can answer for both of us, RJ. Yeah. We're, gonna say this. We're gonna say the Detroit Lions. I mean, they're okay. surging. Um, <laughs> you know, if it, so, I think the Vikings are probably gonna get the number two seed. And we've seen the Lions beat the Vikings, and by a lot of different metrics, like point differential, DVOA, any kind of that stuff, Lions are better. And I think they've been a lot better recently. Um, I think they're certainly uh, more competitive and more threatening than their overall record indicates right yeah. now. And there's no guarantee they make the playoffs, but if they do, I think you know they're they're a dangerous team. I, I would only couch that, and I haven't even said this to Brandon, but um, obviously 
if the Vikings lose a game, they lose pace with the 49ers for the two seed in, yep. in the wild card. Um, and as far as like seeding in the NFC is concerned. And so that could ruin this. Like that, that could, you know, cause we all like Detroit, but they're not winning at San Francisco. And mm, so no. um, that, you know, in all likelihood, they're at least we're, we're less confident in them beating the yes. 49ers than, than the Vikings. And so but, um, yeah. that, that could really change the calculus. I think it is contingent on a, on a Lions victory in Minnesota. Um, I would like to see the Lions visit the Eagles in the division around, and that would probably send Dallas to San Francisco, uh, which would would just be all sorts of fun and terrifying. I I have that the meme again of just like the the dog with the airplanes and the the helicopters thinking about playing the 49ers in the playoffs again. (laughs) That that door opens with that stereo again. Uh Oh, (laughs) oh God. Oh, thank that you. was a wild scene. <laughs> All right, before we get you out of here, um, we're asking every single person that we interview this week this same question. So mm-hmm. I'll start with you, RJ. What, in a few sentences, what does this rivalry mean to you? I think that that is a good question for people um, who are our age. I don't know exactly how old you guys are. I know Brandon's age and his social and his um, like tax information. So, but yeah, if. Um, <laughs> If you're, I don't know, even 40 or younger, um, it's it's the rivalry. Like there's, you know, there have been like some Eagles Giants moments some Cowboys Commanders moments. But like there, I, I do think that Cowboys and Eagles fans are more online too than, than any other rivalry members. And so that kind of adds to it. Like everybody's sort of a pocket away um, from, from discourse and dysfunction. Um, and so it's it's frustrating in that, you know, the, the Cowboys are, are still in this drought and the Eagles have a Super Bowl. Like that one thing, you know, that you always kind of had over them is now gone forever, unless you're an Astros fan like I am. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the quintessential. It's the rivalry of our lifetimes, I think. Um, and that's not just within the division. I think that's um, across like all teams in the NFL. I know that everybody has like kind of a soft rivalry with different teams. And that's why I know you said a few sentences. I, I would be terrified. I want. If, if like in my like dream or my like dream story, the Cowboys do head to Philly in the divisional round because that's and I don't want it in the title game. I want it in that round because that's that's the round Dallas can't get over. That's the hump, right? That's the thing. That's what every Eagles fan loves to say, right? Like, oh, you you can't make a conference title game. It would be epic to celebrate that accomplishment there um, of all places, and then go to San Francisco like it all started and win the NFC Championship there. Oh God, I love it, and it's true that the, these fan bases are the most online. I've dubbed this game the Twitter Bowl. Because that's what this yeah. is. It's it's Twitter bragging rights. How about you, BLJ? Um, for me, you know, I can I'll take you through each team and I guess in the division, kind of how it differs. So for me, growing up where I did more in you know the PA New Jersey area, um, different kind of definitely a different kind of relationship with Giants mm-hmm. fans. Like Giants fans, that kind of always felt more like brotherly, a brotherly rivalry to me. It's like, you know, you're going to give each other a hard time, but there's some kind of respect there, I guess, in part because you're from the same part of the country. So you have that uh, in common and you get it because like, okay, we're kind of in an area where it makes sense that you would be a Giants fan, um, especially on the New Jersey side of things. Um, And Washington fans to me, and this might differ from people who are more from the DMV area, but that's just never really been, I don't even like know. I can't, I can't name, I don't have like a Washington fan like in my life obviously i know people from hogshaven and stuff and online Mm -hmm. but like no one actually in my life was like a big washington fan so Mm -hmm. that's just always kind of felt like whatever to me um but the cowboys 
you always, I mean, you get Cowboys fans in Philly. It's like, you know, the cockroaches who it's just like the contrarians. Yeah, of course. I know you. Uh, exactly. Case in point. Where it's just like, where does this come from? No, I'm not calling him. I call the concept of that because it's yes. just like, where is this coming from? It, it's whatever. Contrarian Don't you root thing. for Chelsea, Brandon? Are you whatever. from I mean, London? Yeah, but that's because <laughs> I was playing a FIFA demo. And, uh, well, how do you know uh, Kevin wasn't playing Madden? Was on that's that what I was doing. I used to play. I was very big into Madden. Okay, fine, but it's still terrible. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean that, I'll, and also take you to Sunday where Eagles Bears game. I think Aiden can back me up here. It wasn't like the didn't have a ton of juice to it. It wasn't like the most exciting, you know, thrilling game. But like seeing the Cowboys lose to Doug Peterson of all people, like that was exciting. That was that was thrilling. That was fun. That was exciting. Sometimes she can be. It be, it's more exciting to watch the Cowboys lose than it is the Eagles win sometimes. Oh, um, my so God. It's the true. Obsession, the obsession uh, that Eagles fans have. I am so, you guys are obsessed I mean, with the obsession guys, thing. It's not Kevin, an obsession. You, you, you love that people together. are obsessed with you. I That's know. Why do you thing. love it? It's you a rivalry. Love, you love being obsessed yeah. with It's us. a rivalry. <laughs> it's what makes football fun. How is that, like, lame? It's like, you guys that, are always that, so lame. That energy is one way. Like, it's a rivalry. I have no qualms admitting that. But, like, this, I would never in my life be more excited about an Eagles loss than a Cowboys win. Well, that was like, I, I'm, I'm not going to mention who it is, but during the Cowboys game this week and the Eagles game, a certain content creator for the Eagles and focuses on Philly all of a sudden just tweets, there's the DAC interception. And all I did was tweet underneath. I go, aren't the Eagles on? Like, wh- why are we worrying about a DAC interception when the Eagles are in a one possession game with the Bears? I don't know. This was a, this was a low moment for both. you, Brandon. Well, I mean, we only have the capacity to do know, one he, thing at a time. Had, this, this is the lowest moment I've ever seen from him, and it happened See, on your show. So I'm you happy are, you're no. welcome, RJ. This is, I fully no. I'm on his obviously on his side, but I agree with his take as well. I think you guys <laughs> enjoy the attention that comes with us being like, "Oh, look what happened in the Cowboys game! I can't believe they lost." Little brothers, love That's love okay. that primetime uh, attention. Little brothers, Little <laughs> teams yes. has not gone to the championship game since. 19- then why are you so obsessed? If that that's true, we're nobody because it's fun to see how much you fail. <laughs> That's stupid. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't like, have you, fun. You, oh, you, sorry. Having fun. That's a bad thing. Zero fun, sir. Because if it was any other team who hadn't made a championship game in, in my whole lifetime at age 27, they wouldn't be on primetime every week. Their quarterback wouldn't be doing sleep number commercials on every commercial break, but yet we still get it jammed down our throat. Wow. And it's like, all right, I have to, I have to pay attention to them because Everyone in the to. national media says that I have to. Every week, every show starts with, oh, what did the Cowboys do? I'm like, oh, Why there's, do, there's better. Don't watch Get Up. I don't. <laughs> there you go. Problem wow. solved. Problem solved. That's stopped. where it comes from. This, but this, was, this was, I think this was our. I will say that. Um, it was enlightening. I think uh, this was definitely our best answer for, for that yes. question because it was the first time that we could get that sparring back and forth. For RJ, I will get that <laughs> clip to you immediately. <laughs> I love you, Kevin. All right, uh, boys. Um, before we get you out of here, you mentioned the mixtape. Let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter, how they can read, how they can listen, how they can watch. Uh, BLG, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Brandon Gelton on Twitter and Instagram. And bleedinggreennation.com is the place to go for all the articles and written content. And then, obviously, the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed and YouTube channel where you can also watch the NFC's mixtape. We get some good YouTube comments, I feel like. Um, and we get some good other comments, too. And one last thing on the rivalry part of it all. It's fun, and this ties into the mixtape, just how many people you can tell are engaged with the show based on when, like, 
the Cowboys lose against the Jags, and everyone's like, oh, I can't wait for the podcast this week. Or even when the Eagles lost to the Commanders, Cowboys fans were like, oh, I can't wait for, you know, BLG to, you know, um, you know, take this one on the chin. So, you know, it's fun. It's all it's all about having fun at the end of the day, and uh, and we have a good time. Amen. Yeah, um, so our world's are really similar, Brandon and I. Um, blogontheboys.com. You can search for Blog on the Boys anywhere you get podcasts or videos or social, things like that. I'm, I'm RJ Ochoa on Twitter and Instagram. Um, somebody had that on TikTok, so I had to go with RJ.Ochoa. I'm really upset about it. Um, but um, but yeah, um, our YouTube channel um, has a little bit more activity than the Bleeding Green Nation one. Um, and we will be doing actually um, a special shot. A, a special <laughs> live edition of the NFC's mixtape um, as Thursday Night Football starts. Um, so that can can be accessed live on the BTB YouTube channel, but we will throw it up on the BGN one um, as well. And, and just to echo Brandon, um, things like this, things like y'all show and, and what we have experienced with the mixtape make the rivalry more fun. I, I hate the Eagles more. Um, this is our second season doing the mixtape um, because of this, because of the kinship and the relationship. And that's why I was terrified when the Astros played the Phillies in the World Series, because I was like, <laughs> if they lose to the Phillies, like, it is my worlds colliding in, in every way, shape, or form. But but they embarrassed them, thankfully, uh, for the frauds that they are in the mighty Citizens Bank Park. I'm sure they didn't. Amazing, whatever. Yeah. Um, didn't feel but, like that um, game three. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm weirdly excited, but also not excited and bummed and, and hopeful that, that the next time these two teams meet, whether it's in the playoffs or not, is um, is more fun and more intense. Um, Brandon and I normally do a bet. Um, you know, based on this, some sort of social bet. We haven't done anything. Do you have any ideas for what we should do for this week? I don't want to finalize oh. anything here before just you, you say something. But I, we're taking ideas. Yes, I want to. Yes, yes. yeah, like yeah. this okay. is okay. A, yeah. 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 we're brainstorming. Not, you know, yeah, it's an awkward Ooh. week, as we all said. But what, given the circumstances, what would you you think is fair? Uh, I would say whoever wins gets to take over the other. Account. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, blogging the boys for a week. Want. Yep. Yeah. Well that well that does happen to RJ. Last week it was uh Nick Bosa. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was a, no <laughs> nobody nobody moment. listens to the tweet underneath. It says read the That's whole right. tweet. Yeah. Right. That was nobody really, listens. really rough. Um I like that idea. Brandon has had to change his Twitter profile picture several times because of lost mm, bets. Once twice. um to the blog on the boys logo and once to Jeremy Pena, World Series MVP, having beaten the Phillies. So I think um, those those type of things are good because RJ, I did get that tweet of yours sent to me by four different people. Thank <laughs> you very me. much. It means a lot. Um, shout out to David Fuchiva, uh, who ruined my life. So, <laughs> so that I, yeah, any any kind of thing like that with social media is always good, especially since you guys aren't aren't close. Last year, uh, Aiden and I were locked in a boxing ring in Atlantic City for the first Cowboys Eagles game. So that was very fun for me. That was a great I time. We were alive. That was that was a good time. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, that was fun. That, that's the only Dak Hurts game we've gotten to date. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the so Cowboys demolished the Eagles. Interesting how that worked, huh? Hmm. Hmm. Well, hopefully it we see that again then, huh? in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, enjoy. Merry Christmas, RJ. I hope you have a better Christmas than BLG. And maybe we'll do this again in the playoffs if these two teams collide once again. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. It is time for episode interview eight of Birds vs. Boys Hate Week. And it is a, I think I, I could say, right, Aiden, one of our top two favorites and he's not number two right i'm hey. calling my friend also <laughs> yes yes we we only talk we talk about his wedding his honeymoon his purse we we're just we're boys at this at this point Kyle has <laughs> been here he's been an a1 from day one for birds vs. boys so we appreciate it kyle merry christmas how are you 
I'm great, guys. Uh, excited about the matchup coming up and excited to hop on with you guys. I feel like it's been a while. I mean, I haven't gotten a call from you guys recently. I don't know what's going on. Well, we, we would we never forget about you. Or... We saved yeah. the best for this week. <laughs> we were we were talking about, I think the last time you were on, it was the preseason when you were about yeah. to call the game and you actually had your play sheet and you were showing us your play sheet. Before That's the game. right. Yeah. I was in the hotel in Irvine. That's right. Yep. Good, good recall there i forgot about that and yeah and i was showing you the play sheet and stuff yep. and kind of how it works that's awesome yeah it was a lot of fun yeah not gonna lie we love that in-depth look we, after yes. you got off we're like that's so cool we got to see the whole call sheet <laughs> oh yeah I, I, i've got a couple of them on my desk but i'm like i'm all the way across the hallway and I, I don't know if i can run there and back and, and make it worth the content <laughs> unless unless you, you find somebody else cool and you can just grab them and bring them in too but no, that's true if i see somebody walk by i saw mccarthy a little bit ago and uh, usually no never mind this isn't it feels like a friday but since it's a thursday the the tv broadcast crews usually come in on friday Oh well, it's but it's a Saturday game, so they may so be here. Is. Kevin Burkhart, yeah. Burkhart might be rolling around with uh, with Greg Olson somewhere. Say if, if Greg Olson is around, yeah. you can bring him on for. Okay. Yeah, you I'll, see, I'll see if I can snag him when they pop through here. We'll see I can I can make sure he he says Dak Prescott this week instead of Deck Prescott, which he was yeah, saying I heard a lot that last one. week. Yeah, but yeah. that's okay. It I'm happens. To, to the best of to us. Give him some flack on that one. <laughs> All right, pointers. so. This is actually the perfect segue into what my first question was for you, Kyle. So mm -hmm. you are in the building. <laughs> you basically yeah. live in the building, right? You are there physically right now. So mm -hmm. I know what the vibes are for the fan base on Twitter. Aiden knows what the vibes are in Philadelphia, very high. So mm -hmm. what are the vibes like in the building and the locker room right now for the Dallas Cowboys? You know, it's funny because you look at the record at 10 and four, you would think the vibes are probably pretty awesome, right? I mean, feeling good. You've already clinched a playoff spot. Uh, not the case. It's very frustrated at the moment because of the way that the last two weeks have gone. I mean, you talk about a month ago, you put up a 40 plus point win over a top team in the NFC against Minnesota. 40 to three was the, the final score in that one. Then you turn around, you put up 33 points in the fourth quarter alone against Indianapolis and you're flying. You feel really good about what you're doing and you only got the, the three losses and you, you're very much so in the race in the NFC East. Uh, then you barely survive against the Texans thinking that was the wake up call. You jump out to a 17 point lead on Jacksonville in the third quarter. And then that evaporates. And now you, you've got a fourth loss. Your, your hopes for an NFC East crown are slim to none. And uh, you've got to win out now. And Philly's got to lose out. If you do want the top seed in the NFC uh, and you want to be uh, a part of the, the, the bye week. So I, I think the, the feeling in the, in the building isn't necessarily uh, – it's not bad because they are going to the playoffs. There's a lot to be excited about with this team. Ten wins again. Back-to-back double-digit wins, seasons uh, for the first time since 95 and 96 or 94, 95. I can't remember exactly which years. But uh, but the the fact is you, you just didn't get the job done in Jacksonville. You didn't hold up your end of the bargain to set up what was one of the most highly anticipated NFL games of the season and a rivalry that could have decided the NFC East. I mean, think about the Jalen Hurts news, for instance, the fact that he's out on Saturday – against Dallas, if that news would have broken following a Cowboys win, everyone would be talking about it. It would be a massive storyline, and it still is because it is a big game anytime the Cowboys and Eagles play each other, but it would have been a monumental 
NFL altering sort of storyline. Uh, at this point, though, Philly just needs one more win, and they've got it all locked up, and they're ready to go for the playoffs. Dallas, on the other hand, they've got to find some momentum over these final three weeks to really turn the morale around and really find a way uh, to to have some momentum heading into a playoff run. Couldn't most definitely. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a. It, it, I saw the Cowboys played in the highest rated regular season game on TV this year. Eagles yeah. Cowboys had the chance to blow that away and be the highest rated TV regular season game of all time. No I doubt. Feel like it. It still could have a chance, um, but obviously it's lacked that a little bit of punch now with the loss and with the loss mm-hmm. of Jalen Hurts. But still. I'm pretty excited. So oh, yeah. the Cowboys getting back on track. I know Mike is back. He's full go of practice, back from being sick. Mm-hmm. When he does go this weekend, where do you expect him to line up? I know there's been a lot of talk of him kind of easing away from edge rusher and maybe back mm-hmm. to linebacker a little bit. Yeah, I think for the most part this season, it's been like 75, 25 his snaps uh, in terms of being on the offense or on the defensive line as an edge rusher and then at the second level as a linebacker. I think you're going to see more of a 50-50 split. It won't be a 100% either way, uh, him at linebacker. But without Leighton Vander Esch in the fold, uh, you felt really good about uh, the way that 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 linebacker core was was working before he was hurt because you had a rotation of three guys you trusted, Leighton Vander Esch, Damone Clark, and then Anthony Barr. But now that it's just Damone Clark and Anthony Barr, you may need somebody to rotate in and be better at that second level. Maybe that's J. Ron Curse who came in and did it a little bit against Jacksonville, or maybe it's Michael Parsons. You just back him off the off or off the defensive line. You bring Dorrance Armstrong into the formation. You have your Armstrong and uh, your Demarcus Lawrence as your two edge rushers, and then a Michael Parsons as a linebacker. It, it limits you in terms of the versatility, but it's also a, a, a gift from Micah and what he can do as a, an NFL defender. I mean, he's just so versatile and he does so many things well that even if you have to put him at the second level, he's still going to be an impact player for your defense. And I expect that to be the case this week, whether he's at the defensive line as an edge rusher or whether he's at linebacker, which I think it'll be a little bit of both. So, and, and that, that brings me to talent. a – Let him play offense. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Just let, Just let him do everything. He can play corner. Come on. CB2, sure. I think Mike can, Mike can play. Yeah, right. Um, but speaking of the thin linebacking core too, so obviously Leighton Van Der Esch, Thank goodness it was more the shoulder stinger than it was yeah. the neck. So hopefully we get to see him back in the playoffs. Um, is this an opportunity here for a Jabril Cox? Because he was somebody I had a lot of high hopes for. Then he goes out, yeah. you know, he hurts the knee last year. He looked good against the Giants. He had that stop on Daniel Jones on the goal line. Everybody had high hopes. Is this a chance maybe we could see these two LSU linebackers doing their thing together and Damone Clark and Jabril Cox? This, I feel like this is a big, big opportunity for him. No, it absolutely is. And for somebody that they anticipated being healthy this season, and he has been relatively healthy, but I just don't think his change of direction has returned uh, for Jabril Cox since his injury. Damone Clark has come in off of injury. He's played well. He looks 100% healthy. Jabril doesn't have that same sort of burst and that same sort of change of direction agility that he had prior to an injury that he sustained midway through last year. Because out of LSU, I was excited about him too. And the way that he can cover guys, tight ends, cover running backs out of the flat, go sideline to sideline, that was kind of his MO. And if he's unable to do that well, it severely limits what his skill set looks like. So 
I think this is a chance for him to show guys I'm healthy. I'm ready yep. to contribute. I'm tired of being inactive because he has been on the inactive list quite a bit this week or not this week, but this, this year, season. Yeah. Uh, and if he is on it again this week, I think that'd be a severe disappointment for him and uh, maybe even uh, a bit of a question on what his future could hold in Dallas. Because if he's not active when you have Leighton Vederesh out and you, you're having to pull Micah Parsons back to the second level, where are you really going to find your rhythm here? Where are you ever going to find a window of opportunity quite like this one to step up and make some plays? So I think it is. I think you're right. You're spot on. This is a big week for Jabril Cox to show what he's got, both on special teams and on the defensive side of the football, because if he's going to make it in Dallas, he's going to have to do something either this week or in these final three games. And I hope he does. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Yeah. Big week for a lot of names you wouldn't expect. Gardner Minshew and Jabril Cox is exactly what we expected going into this. Very nice. <laughs> Switching to another big name on the defense. What do you think the plan will be for Trayvon Diggs? The Eagles kind of have this like receiver one and one A situation. And I honestly think the CB2 position for the Cowboys might kill Kevin at this point. Like I'm starting to actually get really worried about him. So what do you think the plan is to utilize Trayvon's skill set against the skill positions for the Eagles? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh it's interesting because he could turn around immediately and uh he could be just locked in. On, on AJ Brown. And I, I part of me expects him to be locked on to AJ Brown and try and limit what he's done this season. I mean, 1200 yards in his first year in Philadelphia, more than any other player uh, in their first year with the team. And, and he's only like what, 208 yards away from the single season franchise record with three games to play. So uh, AJ's a problem. And, and especially with the way that the, the CB two and CB three, position has gone i would anticipate Diggs to follow brown and get one of those other guys to try and keep up with Devonte smith luckily you don't have jalen hurts throwing the football i don't think gardner Minshew scares you nearly as much uh through the air as much as jalen hurts would with those two guys and what they've done but are they going to continue to be a problem absolutely and and so i if i were a defensive coordinator and i know in week six when these two teams played Diggs. Uh, didn't travel. He basically stayed to one side of the formation and kind of went uh, went with whoever went to that side and allowed Anthony Brown to take over whenever needed. I think that changes this week. I think it is Trayvon Diggs that that does travel with Brown and will stay in his hip pocket, hopefully throughout the entirety of the ball game. And who's who do you think is that CB two? I know Dan Quinn said it's an it was basically an open competition. Are we going to just find out on Saturday? I think you're going to find out on Saturday because, like I said earlier, like we haven't even gotten a chance to to really look into uh, who it could be in terms of the uh, the extra bodies out there. I think there's a chance you see more of Nation Wright. He came in and actually played quite nicely mm-hmm. uh, toward the back half of that Jacksonville game. Uh, whenever Kelvin Joseph was out, I think you might even see uh, some of these other signings: Mackenzie Alexander. No Kendall Sheffield, who uh, who was brought in uh, throughout the season and has spent some time on the practice squad. I mean, there's been multiple guys they've added into the fold. I think you'll see a couple of them throughout the these uh, these next couple of weeks. One guy I kind of want to throw into the mix, though, and I talked to him the other week, and I mentioned this on Talking Cowboys this week, but uh, Israel Mukwamu was a corner in college at, at South Carolina. 
and he played out on the edge. I I haven't heard anything about it. There has been zero rumors about him moving. There's been rumors all over my Twitter. <laughs> Kevin There's started. That's where the rumors have been. <laughs> I asked him, I said, what, would you ever move to corner? And he said, um, yeah, would I? I mean, of, of yeah. course I would. Kyle, so, he liked the tweet of mine that said, without him being tagged, that mm-hmm. I would like to see him being played at corner this year. He he feels more comfortable at corner. So there's a possibility maybe it break glass in case of emergency. I know I would like to see it just because he's a guy that hasn't necessarily panned out at safety. It's not like he's been bad. He's been active. No. He's been playing. He's on the on the sideline regardless. Why not give him a shot to go play corner in the NFL when that was his most comfortable position in college? If he would have come out and been a baller at safety – then, yeah, sure, keep them at that position. But when you're struggling to find a corner, why not look in-house and go get a guy that you know has done it previously and has done it at a high level to the point that you drafted him at? So I I think I would try and and make it happen, but uh, I'm really interested to see how – uh, how they'll uh, they'll try and combat maybe some of their problems at the cornerback spot. And I mean, he he's six five two fifteen. He ran a four four six. And yep. I think we saw this preseason in camp. He had some really good reps on C.D. Lamb in the slot in yep. camp. And then we saw his in the preseason games. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm right there with you. I I think our brains connected on that. As soon as you said, I knew it was coming. Yeah, <laughs> I could All tell. Right. I was excited for Kevin as soon as you said that. And <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? Because it's like yep. last week they gave up 500 yards. Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. threw for four touchdowns. Like that that is the worst outcome. So if it happens again, you're like, all right, it doesn't work. But yeah, you don't know up. until yep. you try it and you know Agreed. what the worst outcome could be. So we'll see. All right. I want to shift real quick. We have, we've talked a lot of defense. Let's talk a little bit of the offense. Um, mm-hmm. This wide receiver core, obviously C.D. Lamb, I think, has silenced all the critics that were saying, I don't know if he could be a, a true number one. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's been balling out lately. Michael Gallup still coming off that injury. You know, he's kind of been up and down. He was a little bit of a ghost this past week. We've got nothing from James Washington in, in two games. One, uh, one attempt, zero catches. Yeah. And Noah Brown has basically been wide receiver too. Is this is this a game where we're going to see T.Y. Hilton activated, do you think? I think he will be activated. Uh, I was a little shocked he wasn't even last week. Uh, but I, I get it for last week. First week in an organization, still kind of learning the ropes and, and getting comfortable. So the fact that he wasn't available last week wasn't a shock. Uh, I'm, I want to go back to what you said about Michael Gallup because still coming off of the injury – I get it, but he's been back, Kevin, since week four. Yep, He's been playing since week four. I love Michael Gallup more than anybody, and he's had his spurts. I mean, he had two touchdowns a couple weeks ago. He's He's been a guy you can rely on throughout his career. I think Michael Gallup is worth every penny except for this year. I mean, yep. this is the one time I really haven't felt good about Michael Gallup. And at some point, the injury can't be an excuse. At some point, you just can't play. So that's my plea to Michael Gallup is I get it. There there was a, a mental hurdle to get over and, and a physical hurdle at that with the injury and what he had to deal with. And it wasn't a pretty injury. It was a significant injury for a reason. But since week four, he's been relatively – uh, undersung all the way through this season. I mean, his numbers, 31 receptions, 340 yards, three touchdowns, two of which came against Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He needs more. He needs more production than what he had uh, in, in, throughout his his 21 
season, throughout this season. I know he's been dealing with the injury, but they need more to supplement what CeeDee Lamb is doing. I think the tight ends have played a big role into that. Jake Ferguson, big Dalton time. Schultz, Peyton Hendershot with a touchdown last week. They've kind of helped mask some of the problems at wide receiver just because of how electrifying some of those tight ends can be. Uh, and Tony Pollard, too, with that being said, I think he's kind of offset it a little bit as well. I think there's a chance these wide receivers are uh, vastly overrated underneath uh, a CD Lamb because Gallup hasn't shown anything. Tolbert's been a complete bust through his rookie season, and James Washington just hasn't had a chance to see it yet. I need those guys to step up if you're really going to have some success in the postseason. Couldn't agree more. What if I could interest you in another receiver who had off-season leg surgery? <laughs> okay. Who's Possibly. That? <laughs> and he may play in the postseason, or mm -hmm. he may never play this season. You can have him next year. Mm -hmm. Was that annoying, just dealing with that whole old It's still happening, thing? Aiden. It's not yeah, I was about to say, it, well, <laughs> dealing with it. I mean, currently, yeah, I, I, it got to the point where it was overdone, and, and we had talked about it a ton, too, because we thought it was going to be – a topic of conversation and it, it certainly was we didn't anticipate it being for two months or three months down the line and then after those two or three months passed it's like oh yeah by the way it's going to be another five weeks until he's going to be ready and then by that point it was done at least from a media standpoint everybody had been burnt out about it the, the yep. fact that he's paraded around and he makes visits and he's having these conversations and he's telling teams oh yeah i would love to come and sign for you guys but roll out the red carpet for me and then, oh, yeah, I'm not going to play for another month and a half. I, I'm not going to work out for you. Absolutely annoyed me. It, it was just a, a waste of time. And, yeah, I, I just – it got to the point where not only myself but the entire media, I think, around the, the Cowboys got burnt out by it. It'll be different if he signs. If he comes and signs yep. and he can play significant, then great. I mean, I think this is a team that needs a guy like that at some point down the line, whether it's this year or next year. They could use an Odell Beckham Jr. However, uh, they went out and got a, a T.Y. Hilton saying, we're not done talking about Odell Beckham, but, hey, uh, at, the, at the moment we're done talking about him. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it is, it's a topic that's going to continue into the offseason because I don't even think he's going to play this year. I really don't. I don't either. I don't either. Like and I was so done with it. I'm like, all right, TY's here. It's over. It's done. And then all of nope. a sudden that USA Today thing came out. I was like, he's going to join us. I'm like, what? What is happening? Stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> See, right, I, I had even no, heard go. from people in the building that it was done. It was almost a done deal. I mean, this was a team that wanted OBJ, which is not a secret. And and Jerry Jones even came out and said it, too, that he, he feels like it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, I, I just think the medicals upended the whole conversation. Yep. I think the way that uh, the, the conversations went was good, but the, the direction that the medicals went was not. And I think yep. that was what was the big roadblock. Do you think Odell's Odell and his team weren't that upfront with the medical portion of that, like the time frame in which he could play? Is that no, I think what they were upfront about it until they got in the building, or they weren't upfront about it until they got into the building. And then when they get in the got building, it and you're meeting with trainers and you're meeting with people that know what they're doing, they can, they can, they've seen everything in the business. They understand where people are and, and how they are, even whether or not they've worked out or not, they can't hide it. So that's where the decision-making process uh, was, was made was after they were evaluated without actually working out. 
Yep. See that? Okay, that would make sense, and you yeah. can't really fault the Cowboys in that situation no. for saying, and, "Oh, we think he's the, coming," and then you the get Cowboys here weren't the yeah the Cowboys weren't the only team that had that problem. I mean, look at what Buffalo uh, brought him in and, and took him on a visit. There were multiple teams that took him in and yep. brought him on a visit to to see if he's okay. There's a reason he's still a free agent, though. It, it yep. wasn't just mm-hmm. the Cowboys' fault. It, yes, the Cowboys' name is going to be thrown out there more than anybody's, just because it's the Cowboys and it's the star. However, the the conversation I think was at the fault of of Odell Beckham's f- people, I guess agents, whoever whoever has been parading him around and putting him in front of these teams, trying to get him uh, signed to a deal, but also probably keeping that that information a little too close to the chest. Yep. Got they it. knew what they Makes were doing. Sense. They knew exactly yeah. what they, what they <laughs> yeah. were doing. All right, last, uh, you know, kind of X's and O's question before Aiden has one last for him. We'll get you out of here. What it seems like they're they're set with keeping the rookie Tyler Smith at left tackle now that Tyron's healthy. So do you think in this game and going forward the rest of the season, we're still going to see that right tackle kind of switch back and forth with Tyron and Jason Peters? Or do you think because I mean, the offense definitely moved the ball better when Tyron was in there. Is he still yeah. you think going to be on a pitch count until the playoffs? Uh, I don't think it'll be a, a pitch count. And, and Mike McCarthy has alluded to this a little bit as well. But if Tyron's ready to, to stay in, I think he'll stay in. I think it will be Tyron's job for the rest of the year. They really do not want Tyler Smith to learn a third position. Of course, he was trying to play left guard. He, he plays left tackle, and they would swing him out to right tackle. They don't want him to be in a third position in his rookie season. They want him to stay on the left side of the line of scrimmage and uh, maybe there's a, a chance that that he would swing out or he would be the backup at some point if, if Tyron's just not working out to the right side. But I think the more that Tyron gets comfortable out there, the better that offensive line will be. It'll continue to get better as the season goes along. And, uh, and hopefully by the time playoffs comes around, he's got four games under his belt at right tackle and he's, he's healthy going into the off, or the, place, the, the playoffs. And, and in doing so, could – try and make a bit of a run. I think that's that's a huge key for this this offensive line is finding a little bit of continuity because yep. it hasn't mm-hmm. been that way the last couple of weeks. Nope. Not at no. all. Uh, all right. Last question from us, and we've been asking all of our guests this week okay. just to get the pulse of everybody. So if you could, in a few sentences, tell us what the Eagles-Cowboys rivalry means to you. Oh, man. It, it the Eagles and Cowboys rivalry is the closest thing to a college football hatred as you can get in the NFL. And the reason why is it's two fan bases, two completely different thought process. You've got you've got the urban northeastern sort of of stubbornness in Philadelphia, and then you've got the southern and and quaint sort of stubbornness down in texas and both of them think that they know more about the sport than the other they texas hey texas high school football we've got the big 12 we've got the sec we do it right up here and then there's big 10 country up in 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 pennsylvania and then you've got the the new york state of mind and not new york specifically i know those two hate hate each other too but like the, the just the northeastern state of mind of we've been here before and we've done it uh, we're, we're experienced for a reason. And then you clash on a football field. And uh, with the history that both of these two franchises have, it is a hatred and it is a downright 
beat down every single time. So what it means to me is you get a college atmosphere in an NFL game, which is rare. I mean, you, you could either go watch the the New York Jets on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, or you could turn around and, and go watch the, the Philadelphia Eagles on the road against the, the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium with a chance to win the division and a chance to mm -hmm. go to the playoffs and lock up a divisional title and things of the sort. I mean, anytime these two teams play, it's must-watch television. Anytime these two teams are good and they play, it's stop down, take the day. You need some time to really gather this all in and really enjoy the experience because that's what this rivalry is. It's perfect. Yeah, I would agree. It's closest to perfection. college football we can get. Perfection. <laughs> all right, Kyle, let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter, how they can watch you on podcasts, how they can listen to you mm -hmm. on pregame, postgame, everything. Okay, so follow me on Twitter. This is my Twitter handle right here. So at Kyle underscore Yeomans right there. Um, pregame gets started 2 p.m. Central Time this week on DallasCowboys.com. Uh, you can watch it from anywhere. You can watch it on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, not Instagram, I guess. Uh, but it, you can watch it wherever you really want to reel it in. You can watch it on the website, DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys social channels. We'll have postgame reaction as well. Cowboys OT, Cowboys game night, Cowboys first word presented by Dr. Pepper. And then throughout the week, Talking Cowboys will be on there. And then the draft show gets started here in about a month or, or two months, hopefully mid-February, late February is when we will start the draft show. I think that would be a ton of fun. And then, and then we'll get you ready for the draft after that as well. So plenty of content. Just keep up with me. Easiest way to do it is, is to follow right here at Kyle underscore Yeomans. Ladies and gentlemen, if you think those national media talking heads at the top work hard, you are out of your mind. <laughs> the hardest working man in sports media. And right Kyle, there. we appreciate the few minutes. And don't worry, when these two teams meet again in the playoffs, we will have you back. I love it. I hope I hope that happens just based oh, yeah. off of what I just said. Yep. You talk about a college atmosphere, that's going to be a next-level matchup if they were to meet each other in a, a meaningful playoff game like that. And then you will have to come up to Philadelphia. Deal. I'm out. I'm we'll out. be here. Good. <laughs> done and done. Kyle, thank you. Appreciate it, guys. It is time for episode slash interview number nine. Too much camber. I just I just go cam because I like cam. <laughs> um, everything NASCAR, everything football, everything, everything, right? <laughs> You're on shows every single day. We are in the like same a... Cowboys fan group, Twitter chat group. And Aiden, you think like our – our birds versus boys chat group goes off. This thing, I wake up in the morning and I, it literally says like 421 messages. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my <just> goodness. <laughs> oh yeah, it's wild. It's awesome. So Cam, how are you? Welcome to birds versus boys. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. And you know, big week besides the holiday, you know, everybody's talking about saying that this is the game of the, of the season so far. So mm -hmm. it's here, so it, it's on. It It is on. And I think we obviously know that because of, what we see on Twitter too. So you, I, I would like to, I always check your Twitter feed. Cause I'm like, all right, I, I feel like I can get a vibe of what's going on in realistic Cowboys nation. Vibe. Yes. A realistic vibe. So what do you think the realistic vibe is of Cowboys nation? Then what do you think overall the vibe is right now coming off this loss going into this huge Eagles game? So the realistic vibe is that first of all, the irony of that the first time that we met, we didn't have Dak Prescott and now we're looking at that. There's, we're not going to have Jalen hurts. So I think the realistic vibe is that the 
the normal people that I like to call them in the Twitterverse <laughs> are looking at how this affects those teams, how it's going to affect the offense specifically for you guys, but then also looking at the injuries on the defensive side that we actually have and how we're going to compensate for them. That other side of Twitter, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> I promised myself at the beginning of the year mm -hmm. that I wouldn't mess with, I have a handful of Eagle fans that I really appreciate and I love. And the, I promised myself I wasn't messing with them this year because <laughs> it's just, you know what? Both our fan bases have this huge toxic side to them and they're unrealistic. And I just get, gifted myself the season of grace, not dealing with them. <laughs> and if you, you're actually holding to it for the most part? I have. I absolutely have. Yeah. Good for you because it yeah. seems impossible sometimes not it, to get into the mud. <laughs> It does. I, I just kind of skirt my way around and I'm gone. So yeah, yeah. it is hard. Cause like I had one guy writing something about it. He's like, well, if the cowgirls actually make the playoffs and I'm like, well, they clinched. I wrote, they clinched on Sundays. Like you don't play on Sunday. You play on Saturday. I'm like, no, they clinched on last Sunday. It's just like, yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. It's, you have yeah. to just kind of. Well, and, and not only that, but our fan base is just as bad, even towards our own team. You know, they're like, oh, we backed mm -hmm. into the playoffs. I'm like, we're 10 and four. How yep. do you back into the playoffs when you're 10 and four? So it, it I'm sure you guys probably experience it with the Eagles also, but mm -hmm. you oh. know, <laughs> yeah. And, and, That's why and, I'm I, and I've gotten, oh, I'm sorry. No, go. No, ahead. no, no, go. No, go. I, I, I've actually gotten slammed in, and I've gotten slammed even on our shows that, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. The Eagles team to me is the most whole complete team in the NFL right now. And you would have thought I kicked their dog. <laughs> I, that's, that's what I hate. Like, why can't you be realistic and objective just because it's the Eagles and we don't like them and they're our rival and same thing for you, Aiden. I think you would agree with this because you are yeah. a pretty logical person. Like, why can't you just admit when a team is, Good. Right. I I, I have to deal with the Niners now. right now, too, and I can't stand them either. So, <laughs> they're you know, scary. It's, they yeah, they're, scare I, me. They really scare me. I mean, who thought Purdy was going to come out, Mr. Irrelevant, and actually do He's something? Steady else, Eddie, so. it seems like. He's just well, like yeah, I feel steady like I hand right now. More than well, Jimmy G at this point, too. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's a really good point because I think some people are trying to discredit Garner Minshew at this point in time. But then you have to understand that Garner Minshew is practicing against one of the best defenses in the league. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Purdy. He's been practicing against one of the best defenses in the league. Yep. And I think Cooper Rush had that same kind of benefit also. So to discredit them right away is just kind of. Doesn't make sense to me. No. Yeah. No. Got a lot of play out. <laughs> Especially a guy like Gardner Minshew, who we've actually seen win in this league, right? And we saw what he did with the Eagles last year against the Jets. So, I, you know, I think he's right. going to be very formidable, unfortunately. And and so speaking of Gardner Minshew and the Eagles offense, and you already mentioned the, the injuries that we have on defense, and that particularly started with CB2, right? When Anthony Brown went down and everybody was crying all year about Anthony Brown. He's the worst quarterback in the league. And now he's down and we, we, we kind of see that, okay, maybe he gives up one play a game, but Beyond that, he's pretty steady. So right. what is your plan for cornerback two? Because I, I I've we've talked about this in the group and and you know, I think you So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, if I could have Anthony Brown back right now, I absolutely would have. If we want to go back into the wayback machine, I never would have let Byron Jones go because Byron Jones and Tyron Dick Tyron Diggs having them both back there would have just made my defensive heart happy. Uh -huh. uh, I what I'm doing at this point in time, so 
Nation Wright was not awful by any means. He was targeted for six times, 31 yards, had four tackles, was not a bad performance. Uh, I don't know. And I, but Izzy McComu, I mean, I got to give the guy a shot. This is where he, he used to play. This is another situation that is a Byron Jones situation that the mm-hmm. Cowboys have taken a corner and tried to make him into a safety. Izzy doesn't complete tackles really well. Absolutely. Which isn't as important when you're in corner as it is as a safety. So I'm saying put Izzy out there and see how it works. If you have to switch them between the two, I don't know, you know, if, if you're looking more, if it's in a NASCAR package or it's a four, three or what's going to go on, but you use a combination of the two, but you've got to give Izzy that shot. And I'm going to halfway be sick and halfway happy if, We've had CB2 sitting as a safety the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he actually could have been there. Um, but I'm definitely, I, I've got to have Diggs shadow AJ Brown. He is fantastic against big bodied wide receivers. Yep. I don't want him on Devontae and that speed and shiftiness. Nope. So I don't know if you're going to use a combination of Brown and, or of, of um, Bland and Izzy and um, Nation Wright in that situation. Um. It, yeah, it just yeah, you know, AJ Brown's my yeah, yeah. And, and I'm fairly certain that you know the Eagles' defensive coordinators had that CB two circled the entire time, going, okay, this is this is our this is their Achilles heel, this yep. is where we're going to attack, and this is what we're going to go after on that. Aiden, that's um, what you guys do, right? <laughs> attack weaknesses. I was about to say, yeah, I feel like especially with a quarterback who you're going to try to get the ball out of his hands quickly, it's like, all right, who's the, who's who can we attack the quickest? So I feel like they'll take some some shots there. On the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys, I will say this as an Eagles fan. I would love it if our former players turned analysts didn't go on national TV and say Dak is ass on a national yeah. t- TV program. That would be great. Um, but like taking the barometer of Dak Prescott from a friend's fans point of view, what's like the confidence level in him right now? Um, you know, Dak is that guy and, and people want to say like that he's ass or whatever, but you've got to look at that in that game against Houston, when it came down to it, he marched that ball down the field. This last game, there is nothing that Dak Prescott could have done in that throw to Noah Brown to have made it any better. That was 100% on Noah Brown. He did everything we needed to. We were within, what, six yards of Maher's field goal range. Yep. So I've got ultimate confidence in Dak Prescott. Um, Yeah, there are times that I don't think that he's reading the field properly and that he's not breaking down that defense and that he does check down quite a bit. But part of the reason he's checking down is because of this wide receiver core. And, you know, as of right now, if your name's not Lamb, Gallup, or Noah Brown, it's like a total of 59 yards that have been caught. And Simi Fajoko has 24 of those, and he's been out since game three. He's been out since game three. So I'm really looking for T.Y. Hilton to be that comfort that that Dak's going to need. You know, elite route running ability. He may not have that speed, but um, I still think he can get the separation that Gallup's not doing right now. Because of mental and physically what's going on. So I I love that there's a new target on the field that the defense is going to have to attest for. 
And I think that's going to open up the game. What we saw in Jacksonville, that CD was doubled and triple teamed at time. Yep. And I, that's going to take some of that off of them, I think. And I, I, yeah. I would think, I, I would see if you agree, I think that was Dak's best half of the season in the first half. He was lights out. That, that touchdown pass to Peyton Hendershot, I think, was his best throw of the year. So mm-hmm. for everybody to just turn around and look at just just stat look, right, and see the last play and see that he threw two interceptions and not realize that it was Noah Brown's complete fault and the other interception, his arm was hit. It's just he's such an easy target, I feel like, these days for even our own fan base. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that Cooper Rush was trending after the game, and I was like, y'all, why are we oh, doing man. this again? You know, That's every time Dak messes up, it's like, oh, Cooper Rush time. And I'm like, <sighs> you, they forget that it was our defense that got us through those games that Dak was out, mm-hmm. and that they had – and here's the difference what I think is going to big-time happen is I don't see that the Eagles are going to have to adjust their offense that much with, um, with Minshew coming in. Um, I, and I got to see Minshew play a lot in college just because I am a Husky and he went to Wazoo. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah. You know, if he could go to two teams that I didn't ever want him to go to, he, he did it. <laughs> he found it's his perfect. way. He found his way, but he, you like the guy. You got to like the guy. I yes. Mean, oh he's yeah. Hard not to. He's that personality yep. that they need, but, uh, I don't see, I, I don't see you guys running as many RPOs as you normally do. Um, there is going to be, have to be some adjustments because I mean, Hertz is your second best running back, basically, you know, you're the end (laughs) and he's, and he scored more touchdowns than anybody on your team. So there's going to have to be some adjustments there. I still feel like they're going to probably do what everybody has figured out is the formula against our pass pass rush is that quick release ball. Yep. And there's going to have to be a way for us to find a way to get around it. Um, hopefully we get Dorrance Armstrong back, but, and, and that, and the pass rush having, showing its weakness or having some weaknesses has exposed our secondary yep. even more in that way. So, and the linebackers as well. Yeah. Oh, and, 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 and that's another thing going back to our fan base. They keep wanting to like lump LVE and Jalen Smith into the same person. And they absolutely aren't. No. And this last game, you saw exactly how important Leighton Vanderesh was to this team. He is, and, and I've said it multiple times, he is the quarterback of this yep. defense because he is the one that is there. He's setting that defensive line. He's communicating to everybody, and that's going to hurt. So, Jabril Cox, you better show us what you're yep. made of this week. Yep. And we saw it because he also, he's the only linebacker that we have that has true eye discipline. When that eye candy comes and the Eagles throw a lot of eye candy, the linebackers we have are like, ooh, squirrel, and they just jump to it, and then they bring it back the other way. So that's that's <laughs> what I'm a little nervous about as well this week. Right, uh, and, and Dallas Goddard being back is huge for, you know, so, you know, within the linebackers and our safeties, we need to have Malik Hooker have, you know, a really good game with that yep. going on. Yep, 100%. Yeah, it, because of the injuries, it almost becomes like a chess match with the coaches, so we'll – see what the game plan is from both sides on on Sunday or on Saturday, I guess I should say. Now I know on Twitter in your bio it says you are a NASCAR know-it-all. So let's do this. <laughs> All right. Um is there like a, an event or a spectacle in NASCAR that kind of compares to this space of the Eagles Cowboys rivalry? Like what's the closest NASCAR event to this? 
Okay, so we actually considered the Daytona 500 our Super Bowl, and that yep. happens at the very beginning of the year, which is kind of weird that in that way. So I'm not going to say it's in that, you know, it's that race. I'm going to say it's more Bristol, Bristol uh, Motor Speedway, you know, small. yeah, half mile track, high banked, huge emotions. I mean, we've seen fights, we've seen people wreck each other, and it, you, they are not friends when they're on that track. So I'd say it's Bristol. That is, sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> is there a is there a rivalry right now between two drivers in NASCAR that kind of is similar to this rivalry? Um yeah, there's there's quite a few right. Well, everybody has been hating either Ross Chastain who had one I don't know if you guys saw it, it was one of the most insane things in the world, but the... and it happened yeah, when he came out and he hit the wall and rode the wall and it actually put him into the championship race at the end. So a lot of people are hating on him. Um, right now, you could name like Denny Denny Hamlin versus Joey Logano right now is a pretty big rivalry. Um, you can throw Kyle Larson into that with with Logano. And there's, yeah, you could probably just say a whole list of drivers in either Ross Chastain or Joey Logano at this point. <laughs> they seem to be the lightning bolts of it. Yeah, That's they, funny. they are. Yeah, he finds a he finds a loophole in the system, runs it, wins with it, and now everybody hates him for it. Yeah, well. <laughs> And, it was dangerous though, right? It, well, on a short track, not as much. But here's the thing. There's two different things. You never want to do it on one of the super speedways or in the intermediate tracks because you're, you're carrying probably 180 miles per hour into those corners. And so, yeah. And But he could have taken out one of the guys that were vying to get into that championship mm. race also. And so he could have just ruined somebody else's season with it. So it was spectacular. Everybody thought it was great, but at the same time, people were like, okay, well, that's a $300,000 car, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you could have ruined everybody else's time, but, huh. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh. Well, where there's a, if you ain't, what is it? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, even though that's yeah. technically not cheating, I guess. But, all right, so back to football. We talked about the CB2 position. We talked about how the defense gave up 500 yards last week, and then we talked about Dak Prescott, but the offense, you know, couldn't get it done to end the game in regulation and then couldn't get it done to drive down the field to win the game. So who do you think needs to respond more in this game? Is it more the offense? Is it the defense? Or do you think they both need to come out and have big games to respond? They both absolutely have to come out and, and do it. Um, Dan Quinn, I need my backwards hat daddy, Dan Quinn, to work <laughs> some magic and and really you know get some things. Um, I'm looking for Neville Gavilmore has got to step up in that center, you know, losing Hankins was huge. Mm -hmm. Hankins really filled that gigantic hole that we had in our own run defense and having him and LVE gone, um, really need to see something out of Osa, Neville Gavilmore. Um, the offensive side, they've got to, our pass pro has got to get better. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I know that, and here's another thing about our fan base. I know that they're all, you know, Tyler Smith, our first round pick. He's horrible in pass pro. He's mm -hmm. awful in it. And that McGovern being in there at left guard, I know he's a Philbin guy, but I'm just feeling like for a lot of the situations, you've got to slide Tyler Smith in and you're going to have to put Jason Peters on that side because I'm leaving that other side alone. And mm -hmm. I don't care what team you are. If you look up and you see Zach Martin and you're seeing Tyron Smith standing next yep. to each other for the first time ever, mm -hmm. 
you need to worry on this side. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I need that pass pro to really step up so that um, we've got that other element of the game. Aiden, do you, does that does that make you salivate a little bit? You think the with Hassan Reddick and that pass rush? Uh, yeah, so that's the thing. It's like a whack-a-mole situation where, like Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, just two. I think it's safe to say future Hall of Famers. Yes, I've so, watched yeah. Jason Peters enough to know I know what side I'm trying to to attack. It, it, listen, he was great, and just like at his age, I know uh, <laughs> I know where we'll probably try to attack. Going back to that chess match yeah. that we'll see because right. of the injuries. Um, yeah. All right, last question. And we've been trying to gauge this with all of the interviews that we've done this week. Mm -hmm. So if you could, in a few sentences, tell us what the Eagles-Cowboys rivalry means to you. Oh, this is a game that it's always you want to win. You always want to beat down this other team and you want to beat them down bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go back to – the whole, you know, oh, your five Super Bowls were so long ago. Were you even alive? Blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, well, it took you that long to get one, you know. So, but it, I have family in that area. Mm -hmm. And I have Giants and Eagles fans in my family. I'm like, my cousin isn't even talking to her child right now because he's an Eagles fan and he's been horrible all season. Um, but this, this game is... It always tastes a little bit sweeter if we can hand the Eagles a L. Mm -hmm. So means everything. Yeah. Means yeah. everything in football. It, That's what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Even in a so. week like this where it's like we're kind of almost both locked into our playoff positions at the same time. Yep. No, 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 no. No. Still want to win really bad. Yep. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It, it's a pride thing at this point in right. time. So it's the yeah. Twitter bowl. Yeah. I, I've, I've named it the Twitter bowl because <laughs> I think perfect. these two fan bases are the most vocal on Twitter. And it's just. We're gonna make a little trip. We're Aiden and I are gonna make a little trophy and we're gonna send it around to our our fellow followers of whatever fan base wins it. Everybody gets it for a week. It's like the Stanley Cup. Perfect. <laughs> all right, Kim. Let everybody know how they can follow you on Twitter when they can listen to the shows. All the good stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at at t o o underscore much camber. I'm on Pick Six Sports. I'm on Tuesdays with Stevie J um, with Midday Due Diligence, and then Thursdays I'm on with Mass with midday with cam and mass and you can catch me on freestyle Fridays on Friday evening and Nick's running his marathon spaces that he runs. Mm -hmm. I jump in occasionally. Sometimes I have to dodge out because after four hours I got to get my beauty sleep, but you can always find me there. <laughs> cam, we appreciate it. And when these two teams are playing again in the playoffs, we're going to have to have you back. We appreciate it. Well, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, welcome into episode 10 of Birds vs. Boys Hate Week. And now we have a very special guest, a reoccurring guest and a friend, Alexa Ross. Alexa, how are you doing today? It's good to have you back. Aiden, I am great. It is Cowboys Hate Week and we actually get to hate because I know. <laughs> we actually get to hate. I'm so happy about it. I mean, you never want to miss a host, but like, bye. See ya. Yeah. I was about to say, we can just roast Kevin the entire time. Just an unapproved PTO day. He thought around the holidays he just couldn't show up today. And honestly, might be hiding because he hasn't I been confident it. in the Cowboys all week. And I don't think he wanted to go two-on-one with two Eagles fans and a Cowboys fan. So, I don't know. I think he just hid from us. I was going to say, I think he's hiding. And he was – I mean, he did pop on very briefly to be like, oh, you're in Cowboys blue. And I was like, nope, this is Philly versus everybody, man. You are mm -hmm. sorely mistaken. 
So he is whatever. He just doesn't get to see something good. He will. He doesn't get to enjoy it. No. No. And it's Big. the holidays. Poor guy. Yeah, honestly. Big week for Philly, too. You mentioned the the you've got the Sixers hoodie on. Uh, Six-game win streak, and they play on Christmas. So just really make or break kind of holiday season right now for the Eagles playing tomorrow, Sixers on a win streak. This could be fantastic, or it could be an absolute disaster. And we're just going to hope that it's the good because I don't think we can take any more bad in 2022. Like, I'm over it. Like, I am yeah. done with 2022. Correct. It has been a year of loss and bad stuff so if one thing can make me happy i hope it's the philadelphia eagles it's the i don't have faith in the sectors <laughs> we're getting we'll see we're getting there we're getting there um we have had you on a few times this year you obviously cover the colts in indianapolis that was the last time we had you on and we were breaking down an eagles win where they squeaked by the colts and it was a week after a loss to the commanders and it was really the only time this year we've had doubt in this team so what has changed with the Eagles since the last time that we talked to you? I just think that, you know, you're, you have to take your hits when you get them. And I think they needed to take their hits. And I think that the commanders, you know, between the commanders game and then the Colts game and the Colts game was obviously super emotional for Nick Sirianni, you know, not having Frank on the other sideline and stuff like that. So I think that that was kind of like, obviously it was a win, but I think it was like something that, Nick felt that he personally needed to do to vindicate a himself and be Frank and see his coaching staff who came with him from Indianapolis. Um, but I just think that, you know, they hit their little rough patch and they just kept going and they just were able to move on from it and put it behind them. And I think that this team, everybody really likes each other, like mm -hmm. in a way that you, you can only hope that your teams are that bonded. So I think that that really kind of helped rally them back together, keep them going. Jalen looks, Jalen looked great, obviously up until his injury. Um, so now we get uncle Rico coming in, which I don't hate. I, I don't, I don't hate when Gardner Minshew comes in. I'm, I know he's going to be playing for extra this week because of Leach having yes. passed away. Um, rest in peace, Mike Leach. But I think that that will be, you know, I think that if they have to have their backup come in any week, it's the week that he has something a little extra to play for, for sure. Definitely. I know I, I agree with you and I might have an insane take. I'm going to run it by you and I'm going to see if you, okay. I'm ready. Gardner's playing just for this moment and this moment alone, not a full 18 game season, but just where we're at in the okay. schedule. Is it insane for me to say I have as much confidence in Gardner Minshew this week as I would have in Jalen Hurts? Is that wild? I, it's a little wild. I see what you're saying. I mean, the thing about that is, like, you have an all-pro now offensive line. Yes. If you, you know, or with with alternate, you know, there there is a lot of protection there and a lot of good stuff. You also have A.J. Brown. There are so many more weapons than in years past like it feels like you could plug and play a bunch of different people at quarterback and make it work obviously I think they're going to rely a little bit more on the run game now mm -hmm. because Gardner's not quite as mobile as Jalen but like most guys aren't as mobile as Jalen so no I, I think that like there's reason for that and like you're your feelings are valid. Speaking of therapy, this <laughs> going back to therapy. <laughs> I used to be therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a your feelings are valid. B, I, yeah, it's kind of a. It's I don't even want to. 
maybe it is a hot take. It's a it's an out there take, but it's not like someone please come get their man's like he's fine. <laughs> it's I I think what my issue is like I see things happen and then it sticks in my brain forever. Like for instance, I think Brock Purdy's good because I watched him at Ohio State and I probably bet on him like twice. And now I'm like, all right, well he's better than Jimmy G, which could to be fair, it could be true, but at the same time, like w- when we were young, we watched Jeff Garcia as a backup quarterback yes. win in Dallas on Christmas. It's like, well, that's in my brain, so it's possible because I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, listen, any given Saturday, which, has, <laughs> yeah. now, which I've been saying both ironically and unironically since Jeff Saturday <laughs> got hired here, but it's true. Any given Sunday, any given Saturday, any given whenever you're playing. I don't think that it's completely off the rails to think that Gardner Minshew, you know, can't beat the Cowboys. I think that they're going to have to do a little bit more to protect him though. Obviously Mm -hmm. with like a Parsons and everything, I think that there's just going to have to be a little bit more care taken by the offensive line than they might just because we haven't seen him scramble against pressure like that. I mean, Micah Parsons is unbelievable. So as we've discussed before, but yes. Yeah. I, uh, I think there's got to be a lot of misdirection, a lot of receiver screens and stuff like that, where uh, you don't have that. You have that break glass in case of emergency with Jalen, where you're like, all right, well, things fall apart. He'll just take off. Um, they did have Mike Vick on the news and they, it, it was so funny. The, um, the host was like, I'm afraid to even ask you this question, but should, should Jalen hurts run less? And it was just funny to pose that question to Mike Vick. The yeah. What did he say? <laughs> He was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> He's like, let him take off. But do you think that when Jalen comes back that they might actually, you know, gear the game plan differently and have less design runs now that we've faced the worst case scenario of him running and getting hurt? I don't know. I think that they – so they could obviously – one of two ways they could handle this. They could make this like a Josh Allen thing of a, yeah, less designed runs but still just letting him run like what Brian Dable mm-hmm. did for josh like they were like okay maybe we're not going to design runs for you but like if you feel like you need to take off you absolutely need to take off and give him that kind of leeway to like make you know to actually you know to actually make the call himself i do think he's smart enough his his iq is good enough you've seen the rpo like i think that it'd be fine um design runs with jalen hurts are so interesting just because he is you know he is so so fast and that i just think that like it's such a dynamic part of his game that like taking that away then takes away like a gigantic part of this Eagles offense. So I think they could dial it back for a little bit, maybe like kind of snap count the design runs, like Mm -hmm. not like a true snap count, but just be like, okay, you get like four this game or like what, you know, however many number, and then just be like, if you need to run, run. Um, But otherwise I think that's probably going to be the, probably going to be how they handle it. Yeah, and I think part of it, it's it's skewed a little bit, right? Because you look at his rushing totals at the end of the game, and it's like, oh, he ran, what, how many times? Double digit? And then you're like, oh, if you watch the game, six of those were sneaks on third and one or third and goal. Yeah, and like exactly. That, like like you, you sneaking for, you know, like three or fewer yards is not the same as, like, breaking off for, you know, even, like, 12 plus. Yeah, 12 and trying to slide before a linebacker gets a headshot on you so yeah exactly, <laughs> a little bit different. exactly exactly and i don't know if you saw this but i feel like you can appreciate this because you you covered the bills originally 
for Buffalo. And then also um, just like a Twitter thing, somebody tweeted and they're like, oh, look at all these uh, dual threat quarterbacks that got hurt. And like, this proves that you can't have a dual threat quarterback and intentionally left Josh Allen out, who I think might be the most like reckless dual threat quarterback who is just like, uh, has so many moments where he's in the air, like <laughs> trying to dive for the goal line. He's spinning in the air. The two point conversion on Saturday. Like he's, he's like, a maniac. <laughs> I like get anxious watching <laughs> Josh Allen play football. I'm like, he's going to die. Like, this man, I mean, it's one thing to like watch it in the press box and like watch and look down and be like, oh my God, he's doing it again. Like Josh is really <laughs> doing it again. But I guess his thought process is like, oh, when you're 6'5", 245 pounds, I I mean, he's he's a tight end. Like for all intents and yeah. purposes, Josh <laughs> Allen is built like a tight end who <laughs> can throw and also loves to run. And it's insane. We- but yeah, like he's reckless. Like I'm, a fr- I, I'm surprised that, you know, and I'm thankfully that worse hasn't happened to him through yeah. his play, just because like because of a competition in the AFC and defenses in the AFC are not, you know, they play a lot of teams that love to blitz. And two, I'm just very like not that their offensive line's not entirely solid because it's a lot better than many. But Josh is like, I don't care. Yeah, Doc is. Like, he doesn't care. He There could be, like, fifth graders in front of him, and he'd still just be like. Yep. It's uh, We, we had a, an, a Cowboys analyst on yesterday who also covers NASCAR, and she was, like, trying to compare NASCAR to um, the Eagles-Cowboys rivalry and, like, who would be, like, the antagonist of NASCAR. And there's this guy who was, like, using the wall to uh, to propel himself around the other cars and it worked. She was like, either it works and you win, or you're going to cause a massive pileup. And I think that's how Josh Allen kind of plays football, where it worked. <laughs> he propelled himself. He hasn't gotten hurt yet. So I think yeah. that was like perfect. That's exactly how he plays. But it's like, it's not a perfect system because then, you know, it's, you know, you take your, you take this man's like knees and he takes his knees into his life every time he yep. does something crazy. Oh, knees God. head shoulders everything he's uh he's something else so we'll see okay. about Jalen when he comes back he's at least pretty good about about sliding but there's just like that mentality of it all where you know he has to be because he's a little down. smaller yeah. he, has, yeah. he has to be good at sliding or he's gonna get like leveled a lot oh yeah and that you saw right away like the it was one of the first times where somebody like actually got a clean shot on him was a few times against the bears and just landing like on his shoulder you could just tell like it was it was just like different on sunday i felt like and not in a good way we just felt very helter skelter and that leads to injuries like that um so he's not playing the cowboys are kind of locked into the five seed we're a win away from the one seed really and we've got three chances at it so psychologically i can't really get a feel on this game like i don't what do you think the energy level is going to be like for this game that was very hyped up and now it just doesn't feel like it means as much but at the same time a lot of pride on the line yeah exactly i think that you at this point it's you're playing for pride you're playing for the name on the front like you're you're not playing for seeding you're not playing for because like you lock up the one seed either this week or next like it's not a question in my mind and i'm gonna knock on wood because god knows that some stupid shit will happen if i if i don't do that um yeah can't lose to the saints for multiple reasons if you if you lose to this to the saints i hope you sell the team like (laughs) now um 
No, but I just think like this is this is pride. Pride's on the line, and rivalry games. What, no, whether they mean everything or nothing, I feel like you need to be bringing the same energy all the time, especially if mm-hmm. it's a rivalry this big, and especially if it in the with the division being as good as it is now too just like you know the nfc east has like risen from the ashes of mediocrity to now be one of the best divisions in football and you know so you need to take pride in that you need to take pride in the fact that a lot of people are now invested in this rivalry because of how good the division is and how much fun everyone is having i mean even if seating is like could very minimally move below us than that or below you know just kind of everything that's leading up to that one spot. Like if you have that buy, like, you know, you have that, that's, that's great. And you want that. And like, you will get that, but play like, play like your dignity is on the line because it absolutely (laughs) is. You can't have two losses. You can't end the season with two losses and have one of them be to the Cowboys, to the Cowboys. Yeah. And we just saw it with the Phillies where it's like you, you were hot going into the playoffs. And once, you know, you were on the right trajectory when you got there and you saw what happened once you got there because of that. So hopefully, you know, um, the same is, is true for the Eagles. Um, now just a few questions for you rivalry wise. Uh, we've talked a lot about football and just individual matchups for, for the Eagles this year, but I think this week we've finally gotten to reflect on just like how much we truly hate the Cowboys. And since Kevin's not here, he, <laughs> he can't deflect. He can't defend. He can't do anything. We just get to hate on the Cowboys. So Sorry, if you, since you're here, you're, you're raised in Philly, born an Eagles fan. Do you have like a favorite moment from this rivalry? Oh my God. I just, every time the rivalry is played, I just get, more and more you know like every time there's something and i think a lot of them are like in-person moments too like every time i have seen a cowboys eagles game at the link it is just like unbelievable like the energy is off the charts people are Mm -hmm. going absolutely bananas as they should like whether it's like week 16 or week four like everybody is just losing their minds and like i just think i have so many fond memories just with my dad being in the link for those games, which is kind of like a lame answer because it's not like definitively something that happened here. But if Gardner Minshew beats the Cowboys or like stiff arms Micah Parson into like, yeah. you know, like that will be like one of the best moments of my life. Like that's going to go like way up. <laughs> oh, 100%. I think a Gardner Minshew like game winning touchdown drive would probably be top three Eagles Cowboys moments, which is hilarious oh, to say, yeah. but i think so just it just feels like if this season goes on the trajectory that it is and that happens you're like yeah this is awesome yeah it's like oh this was just such a and it's like oh let's add insult to injury for the cowboys and like i yeah. need that i need that like i love a backup <laughs> quarterback clearly i've now covered two backup quarterbacks starting in a space and it's a mess but like i love when backup quarterbacks play i love when backup quarterbacks do well i love when you get to see guys and you know i think that gardner Minshew is so likable too mm-hmm. that like he's likable to us but for you know cowboys fans and like cowboys proper being so like you know prim and prissy and whatever their vibes are they're so snooty that yeah like, their snooty energy like oh you're gonna have this like weird like kid with long hair who like went to washington (laughs) you know like this like looks like a california surfer but is from mississippi kid 
it's it's kind of funny because we're we're used to like the no one likes us we don't care like philly thing people don't like us they root against us there's been a few times this year where people were probably rooting pretty hard for us in the world series like no one wanted to see the astros won like the the rest of the nation was rooting for us i think christmas eve nationally televised game like people really like gardner Minshew, and not many people like the cowboys so i feel like a lot of people are gonna be like yeah gardner go gardner (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like the energy gets like you get the the benefit of like the national energy. Um, and that really does help, at least from like even on like social media, like it's nice mm-hmm. to just be like, oh, wow, they really they like us. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't condone cyberbullying, but it will be nice if like Christmas Eve, you know, everybody's like spending holiday time together. And just as a collective, we all just gang up on Cowboys fans if the Eagles win. As just every other football team. That'd oh, be, that'd be, yeah, that'd be awesome. Great way to spend the holiday. Listen, it's a bonding activity. And anytime you can spend time with your family and do something you love, like hating on the Cowboys as a family, you're great. You're great. That's what brings the families of the Northeast together. It's the Eagles winning and the Cowboys losing. Yeah, you could not, you could not be more right. <laughs> now last question for you before we get you out of here we've been asking all of our guests this and we've kind of answered this a little bit already but we've been asking everybody in a few sentences could you tell us what the rivalry means to you personally yeah i think that this rivalry is really kind of em- like emblematic of everything that the eagles are i think that you can really boil down the eagles franchise as you know, a whole and what it means to the city into like this rivalry specifically to me, it's passion, it's history. It's a lot of fun. And I think that it's us against every it's Philly versus everybody, but it's also everybody versus Dallas. So it's like our (laughs) way of like being accepted. And I think that anybody who just like wants to be accepted, like no one likes us. We don't care. Yeah. But also the feeling of, oh my God, I want the Eagles to beat the Cowboys and then the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Best feeling, best feeling. Yeah, It, is, it oh. feels so good to have that little bit there. But I just think for me, this is family. This is dignity. It's passion. It's pride. It's all of it. And it's it really helped me love this game even more. Mm-hmm. It's like watching this. Yeah, it's like if the Island of Misfit Toys became the cool kids table is kind of like what this is with people rooting for the Eagles because they hate the Cowboys. So I definitely get that. It's just like and it's the perfect culmination this time of year where you're you're with your family, you're with friends, you're home, whatever. And it's just like, all right, let's just all sit around and hope we beat the Cowboys by four touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, I mean, even when they play late in the season, both teams have either locked up a playoff spot or the Eagles have and the and the Cowboys haven't. And even with like just like all second string guys going in, you're like, mm-hmm. wow, they could like like, last year. I want to watch literally, I want to watch them pummel these dudes. Just yeah, do it. Yeah, just I want an actual matchup. And maybe we will get that for the divisional round of the playoff. We'll we'll see. There's a lot going on. Um but that would uh, we'll definitely have to have you back if that happens because we'll be doing hate week all over again in a month if we have that. If uh, we're doing hate week all over again, I want to bully Kevin to his face. He can't miss out that time. Playoff <laughs> game, no. It, he has to abandon his family, abandon work, everything. He, he he has to quit his job if it comes down to it, and he has to be here. No, because no there's excuse. nothing more important than hate week. It, there's nothing more important than it. And this one, this one goes out to Kevin. You suck, Kevin. 
and the Cowboys suck. <laughs> Dallas sucks. And I can't wait for you to listen to this back. So <laughs> perfect cap to it. All right, Alexa, thank you for coming on before we get you out of here. Um, be sure to tell everybody where they can follow you, find you, listen and watch your content. Yes. At Alexa Ross TV. Um, you'll get some fun tweets on Eagles Cowboys tweets on Saturday night while I am working and watching the game and watch me just continue to snark the Colts into oblivion because they need it. The tank is coming. The tank for Marvin Harrison Jr. is on. We're all ready for it. <laughs> that would be a great fit. And God bless you for uh, how can I cover <laughs> that team this year because that is that is rough. If you can cover the Colts this year, you gotta be you gotta be covering a fun team by next year. But again, we appreciate you coming on, reoccurring guest, and like we just talked about, if there is a playoff game, we will be doing this all again in about a month. Thank you again, Perfect. Alexa. See ya.